Welcome to another exciting episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, where we talk about those good movies, those bad movies, and those ugly movies that we just love to hate, or hate to love, in a certain genre or subject. My name is Micah. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And uh, last time that uh, we were all together, we talked about Marvel movies. Films involving Marvel characters. I yes, we say. did. We did. I did and, give a little Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it was your pick. <laughs> yes. And, and you, you were kind of wanting to lead up to the new Avengers movie. And yes. I'm glad you were able to put the review on the website. Got that. Wait, no, wait. It's not on there, is it? No. What happened to the review? Yeah, it just it got so far behind that I was too embarrassed to put it up or whatever. Can you at least... Uh, <laughs> so, I'm taking this opportunity. Well, You're okay. going to give me a second chance here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing. How many stars would you give it? <laughs> Out of what? Out of four. Out what's, of four? Okay. What's on our website? Have you actually seen our website? <laughs> yes, I've been to our website. Uh, I would give it... I would give it four stars because... Wow. Here's what. That's... Here's why. Because do I think it was the best Marvel film? No. Do I think that it was the best Marvel cinematic film? No. But it still really lent itself to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Captain America, Winter Soldier, is still your favorite still, one? Still, yeah, number one. Is it better down. than the first Avengers? Okay, so I think that it is better than the first Avengers. I do Be- too. Yeah. Why do you think it, Kelly? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it kind of, maybe because they didn't ha- they didn't start out, you know, you didn't have to go through all of the exposition of them becoming friends or whatever. They were yeah. already like banded together as a team and i i just liked a little bit more the development between certain characters more than in the last movie i feel like what joss whedon had to do with the first one was introduce all these characters even though they had their solo movies this time we already knew the characters and we can really build on the characters yeah and we could kind of cut through it um but um that leads us to actually last week or last time we were here you, I got to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which was Marvel. <laughs> you guys are going to talk today about one of your favorite subjects, which is... It is Barbara Stanwyck movies, and you are correct. It's something I am very passionate and very nerdy about. That's a really I... bad segue, Mike. I'm just going to throw that out there. That leads us to... What? Like, so you went from hey, you Marvel to Barbara Stanwyck? I, I didn't want to take away the moment for either one of you, but that was interesting. Hey, we were Let's both see. full of joy at the prospect of sharing our knowledge on these subjects. All right, all right. Captain right. America was an age... was born in the oh. golden age <laughs> Lord. of Hollywood. Who else was... A star in the golden age of Hollywood, but our own Barbara Stanwyck. Well played, sir. Yes, she was. Usually I'm the king of segues. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a <laughs> slow it's night It's a self-appointed me. title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's dive right in. What were, your, uh, what were your picks there, Kelly? Okay, so my picks for Barbara Stanwyck movies, uh, in no particular order, were Night Nurse from 1931, um, Walk on the Wild Side, from 1963 and the lady eve from 1941 now before you get into it i want to say last time i said that i had heard of a couple or one of them or whatever and he Mm -hmm. said he hadn't heard of any of them no i take it back these are not the moves i thought they were i hadn't heard of any of these or (laughs) seen any of these when i got to watching them i'm like no this is not the movie i was thinking of i don't even know what i was thinking of so before you start i want to say I have no idea what your picks are going to be. Yeah. Even after watching all three, I do not know which is good, bad, or ugly. Well, and also, let me speak to, to um, if, if, if you're an audience member who only knows modern movies, uh, you really, really
should go and watch some of these because oh, it is they're they're, they're except for gems. one of them because it can be bad right <laughs> i don't know maybe two you, you, you did maybe say two. some of them you did say some so. some yeah because they are little gems definitely not yes. all we cannot yeah. recommend every movie of hers some of those gems don't shine so bright yeah but. that's okay i don't think anyone can rec- recommend all three of anybody's selections so that's okay okay I'll so all right so where are you starting good bad, um ugly. let us let's uh let's start with the ugly one okay yay let's do it so I know. Go ahead. <laughs> you think you know i think i know okay I what, don't have a clue. what do you think it is micah no, no. I, 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 oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a night nurse. It is night nurse. Yes. It is the is, ugly one? Is the ugly one, yes. Okay, okay. So, I, so, okay, so Night Nurse from 1931 was directed by William Wellman. Um, do you want me to start off with a brief synopsis? Absolutely. Yes, please, please. Okay, cool. We've sort of gotten away from being consistent with that on this show. So For we, those of us that aren't wickheads. <laughs> That's wrong, calling it. Barbers, Barbers Hashtag wickheds. Is that a thing? Dude, what? It's a thing yes, now. It's a thing now. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna drink my sweet Stan tea. fans. Stan fans. Stan That's a better fans. one. Stan fans. <laughs> okay. So I my Wikipedia. I didn't even catch that it was Stanwick. <laughs> Never mind. What? I don't even know if I'm on the same boat. Go ahead. For all you wickheads and Stan fans out there. So night nurse. So what happens is this is an amazing movie. Uh, that falls under the pre-code kind of sub-category. This, the, these pre-code films, um, it's not really an official genre or anything, but <clears throat> it's a collection of movies that we look back upon now, and given the time period, you know, the very early 30s, right after um, they had just transitioned over from silent films, this is before the production code was really heavily enforced and so you watch these movies and you are like oh my goodness how are they getting away with these crazy things because there's so many things that you you, that are taboo even today much less in the 1930s um you know very heavily laden with sexual innuendos and you know gangsters and they're the gangsters are portrayed as heroes instead of villains and then these, these strong sexually confident women and you're like wow this is so not you know An attempted it, children murder that's it, yeah i mean nothing is off the table in these movies i mean they they get away with so much and so finally um you know america as a whole decided that movies were too immoral and they were like we got to rein this in so they started more heavily enforcing the production code and that's when you get you know a, a huge shift into movies that are much more you know, everyone gets married at the end or like ever the bad guys die and go to jail. And so anyway, anyway, that's just kind of a little bit of background. But Night Nurse. So this is a very early Barbara Stanwyck movie. And she mm-hmm. decides she's kind of out of work and she goes to this hospital, tries to get herself a gig as a nurse and has a hard time getting in past this crusty old lady who's manning the front gates. And then she meets the chief of surgery in the front of the hospital accidentally trips and he helps her pick all of her items up in she her kind own... of forces him to pick <laughs> she, she does she, <laughs> she just taps her foot until he does it she's a tricksy one and he does and there you go now and she's he a nurse he, yeah exactly he all with the power of her gaze alone she convinces him to help us his doubt so he goes in and vouches for her soon she uh, you know meets her fellow nurse friend and um, one thing leads to another. They get lumped on night nurse duty, and she becomes a night nurse for this very, very wealthy family with two young, um, sick children who are on their deathbeds. And she suspects. 
it's foul play, but cannot prove it because people are trying to keep her down. So. Yes. So w- why is it your ugly pick over these three? Um, my uh, <clears throat> Well, it is my ugly pick because there are times when it is just so bad. Like there is... The, the dialogue is either really snappy and amazing and clever and, and there was many times when I laughed out loud but or or it's just either like really horrible and cheesy there's um one of my let me say one of my <laughs> best humorous parts is when which side note Clark Gable is in this Clark Gable is the jerk. villain yeah he's the yes. villain in it which is kind of surprising to see that Clark Gable is the villain but uh when Clark Gable his introduction or when he comes in <laughs> he says and who are you and he goes I'm Nick, the chauffeur. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder about that. Ba, 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 ba. And her face. <gasps> <gasps> yes, I, yes, Micah, I completely agree with that. That's one of my favorite moments. Well, he was just such a jerk. He Cause was. Because I, I saw Clark Gables in the cast, and I'm like, okay, when are we going to see him? And then he comes around, and he's like slapping her and knocking, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. This is, yeah. this is not, it's not the Clark Gable that, you know. Yeah, he's not falling in love. Not gone with the wind, Clark Gable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Exactly, and that's that's kind of where it, you, the fact that it's a, a pre-code movie comes into play because he's, I mean, like you said, he's slapping around, he punches her just out cold at one point. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just an, another thing, like right before that moment, Micah, when he says, I'm Nick the Chauffeur, the first time you get a glimpse into his character, you haven't been introduced to him yet in the film, but you hear him going, ha from another room, and then someone <laughs> screams. And then, yeah, later you find out that it's him. But oh, anyway, this like the premise of this movie is so terrible. Like, um, <laughs> these, two, these two young ch- children are being severely malnourished, and uh, Barbara Stanwyck suspects, as I said before, that somebody is doing it on purpose, and... Turns out it is, uh, it is, well, actually, I, I won't say that because that's a spoiler, but <clears throat> anyway. It's kind of a boring movie. I mean, it, on it paper. It's short, and, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me say this about it. What I got from it, or what I think the, the best part was that it was kind of a, you said, I wrote this down, you said that it, it features confident woman, but I got to disagree because it's almost a sad commentary on the perception of women in the workplace in the fact that they kind of treat her and the other nurses as, ah, oh, she's just some skirt here to, you know, kind of <laughs> yammer her mouth for a while. And she actually just screams and yells until a man comes in to save the day. <laughs> Did you notice that? She's almost, she's the damsel in the distress. That, Barbara Stanwyck is. That is true for a lot of the movie, but then she finally kind of gets her moxie back towards the end she, where she, she goes to that party and the and the mom's there yeah, yeah. and she she yeah and she kind of gives her what for as a protagonist or as a hero does she change anything all she does is she calls a man in to help her and then the man changes something what's your problem i guess <laughs> <laughs> well she does she does actually she kind of she uses the weapons that she has at her disposal because you're right maybe during that time period she couldn't necessarily affect the change that she needed to so she figured out a way to to manipulate the situation remember she marched in and um had that scene with dr ranger where she was all hysterical oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Okay. uh and then she kind of was like you're right i'm sorry i'll keep you know i'll, I'll be your nurse so that she can stay on the inside right. and, and save the little kids but it seems like the it didn't seem as much like a thriller to me as it seemed like a biopic about this 
lady that becomes a, a nurse and then these <laughs> thriller circumstances happen. Okay, okay, but why is it your ugly pick? Why not your bad one? Because I just, I just love it. Like there is so, I, I, I can't. In these instances, of it's so, because I like it. Shut because, up. Because Charles, it's so hard in these things to like justify why you like something. It's so subjective, and I think I said this in a different episode. But you know, depending on the time, like the depending on the day that you watch it, the line between bad and ugly can be kind of blurred. But I, I don't know. I, I do think some of the dialogue is is pretty funny. Like in the beginning, when, um, when she's first becoming friends with Joan Blondell. And the horrible, horrible hospital interns are being like, see, you know, and, and coming mm-hmm. and, and hitting on them. And uh, <laughs> and, and Joan Blondell says, stay away from the interns. They're like cancer. The disease is known, but not the cure. It, it's just like there's lots of things that I just really found funny. And even though it is extremely ridiculous, I feel like it was over the top ridiculous to such a degree that it became really funny. Okay, speaking about over the top ridiculous, let me say this about it, too. Okay. This is a spoiler alert, so go ahead and stop the recording, go watch it, and come back <laughs> Earmuffs. Later. Earmuffs. Uh, but at the very, very end, um, they're driving in a car, an ambulance zooms by, and it does the whole, you know, first-person perspective as, as it comes in, the same as it does in the first the movie. And you find out it's basically Nick, the chauffeur. You know, it doesn't, you don't see him, but it says, I, yeah, this guy in a chauffeur's outfit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clark Gable was out that day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just his feet. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Barbara Stanwyck and her booze running buddy, yeah. Morty, uh, who, you know, he has his arm around her. And said, Who is that? I'm like, Oh, it looks like somebody is going to the hospital. He could have just said, Let's just say I shot Nick in the face, you know? Yeah. And then they laugh about it and credits roll. Yeah. He's dead now. Yeah. Oh. And again, as I said earlier, it's a short film. Isn't it like a little over an hour? If that? Yeah, it's like an hour and 10 or an hour. And yeah, 15. it's like, not like they couldn't have had time to throw in a little extra scene there. Yeah, an hour and 12 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, a little extra scene where he told his gun running, moonshining buddies. Which is funny that the, the hero is the moonshiner, but the I guess that's a pre-code thing. Right. The hero's the man. Back to your the, point. Earlier. Yes. Back to my point. <laughs> the hero's the man. But he but he, he could not have saved the day without Barbara Stanwyck. So. That's right. She's so, a sidekick. So there. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm going with Micah. I didn't say that. That's, what, that's Micah. Okay. All right. All right. This is gonna be the longest podcast ever. What's the <laughs> okay. what's our next uh, one? Uh, ugly or good? Um, let's let's go with the good one, I guess. Okay, you guess. Okay. Yes, I guess. I it's always hard to decide the order of these things. Um, let's see. Okay, so good one is Lady Eve. The Lady Eve. Yes, yeah. nineteen forty one by Thank Preston you. Sturges. Um. So, I guess uh, another synopsis here again is that Henry Fonda's character, this movie stars Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda. Um, 1941. 41. 41. Oh. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the Henry Fonda-ist of Henry Fonda. <laughs> the Henry Fonda-ist of Henry Fonda. <laughs> oh, on Golden Pond is pretty Henry Fonda. <laughs> true. True. You're talking about like his awkwardness. Yes. For those of you that don't know Henry Fonda, he's his... like... Gangly awkwardness, yeah. Like aw shucks kind of yeah, I gotcha. kind of naivete. So, so tell us a little bit about it. So okay, so this movie, so Henry Fonda has just he's an ophiologist or ophidiologist, however you say that. He he studies snakes. He's snakes, yeah. he's uh, been up the river in the Amazon <laughs> for the past year and he says that like a million times yes, during the movie. <laughs> and he it was basically completely separated himself from 
polite society and humanity in general. So he is the heir to the Pike Brewery fortune. So he's insanely rich, but of course... Is that the ale that Yale drinks? Why, yes, Micah, it is. <laughs> okay, that's a total movie inside joke. <laughs> Watch it and join our club. You can Sorry. know all of our jokes. Be a wicked like us. Yes, all the cool kids it are doing Wikipedia. it. It is Wikipedia, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stand, Barbara Stan wicked. I'm a, okay, go ahead. Okay, so, so he comes... He comes I haven't heard of any of these things. <laughs> We're just talking a different language. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so Henry Fonda comes back. He he boards a uh, a cruise ship back to the Americas where he meets Barbara Stanwyck, who is traveling with her father, and they are card sharps. Dun dun dun. And so they know him. His reputation precedes him, and everyone on the boat's trying to snag him for a husband or you know become his friend or whatever. So they're like, oh well. Mwahaha, we're just we're gonna fleece him, we're gonna take his money, real casual like. And so they kinda sidle up to him and of course Barbara Stanwick uses her Stanwicky wiles and <laughs> and charms him and so everything's going according to plan. They're they're winning all this money, but then she falls in love with him and he with her and uh, so she decides she doesn't want to trick him anymore. She's going to come clean, but before she can, uh Henry Fonda's bodyguard tells him the truth about who she is. They have this whole misunderstanding and they break off their engagement that they formed after knowing each other for like three days and uh anyway later on some time goes by she comes back and tries to mess with him by posing as an english noblewoman and at his house like he's back home with his he's, his family's really wealthy yes yes and so she has another card sharp friend who knows them and so she sees her opportunity to get back at him because she's very hurt and upset that he you know doesn't but she puts on an English accent and pretends to be a... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty preposterous, but... And there's this whole thing about, like, he, their their friend comes up with a, a story about it, how it's the long-lost twin sister. Uh, it, it goes into a whole... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, it goes into a whole explanation of it. it and he doesn't know it's the same girl he in fact his explanation is that she if she was the same girl she would have tried to look a little different so the fact that she looks so similar it's got to be a different girl which actually was kind of funny i thought because it's really? sort of true it's i mean not at well, the, all only, the only voice of reason the entire movie is the uh the real thick accented like bronx accented uh what, what is he he's like a chauffeur too I think sidekick. He's the body Side, yeah he's, he's like, like a bodyguard yeah, yeah he's well, he said he's overprotective of him. He's always yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Even at the end, he's like, it's the same woman. What he, were your thoughts? On the movie? Yeah. It was, <laughs> this is a terrible movie. Oh, God. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is my least favorite out of all three of these. Really? Oh, he, man. Because he, because, okay, I know we cut you off a little bit, but, so he doesn't know it's the same girl. <laughs> and then he goes on a ship later on. And, and then he, she's back to her old her old self with the normal accent and he he god it hurts my head he's like because the, the second time with the english girl he decides he wants to marry her too until do they actually do get married right they and, do then, get married, and then he yeah. starts hearing all the different men she's been with on the train and decides he wants to get a divorce <laughs> and then he goes on a boat and she's the girl's supposed to meet him on the boat to talk about their stuff in person and he realizes it's the first girl right yeah she he wants to so she 
in order to mess with him, this is like her whole plan all along, was to ensnare him back as this quote-unquote other woman. And then once she had him, break his heart so that he would know how it felt to have it heartbroken. But so she reveals all these men that she's allegedly been with, even though she hasn't. And he freaks out, wants a divorce. She won't give it to him unless he comes and asks her for it in person, which he refuses to do. And so I forget how they both end up on the ship. But anyway, she's like, oh, what? oh hey, it's you, it's me again. Oh, but with her normal accent. Yeah, exactly. So he thinks it's the first girl, not the second girl, but it's really been the same girl all along. Yes. And he falls in love with her. It's like he has a second chance to marry her, even though he thinks he's currently married, getting a divorce. And well, they have the stupid gag about when they go in the room and he's like, you can't, you see, I'm a married woman. She's like, so am I. <laughs> it's like, what is yeah. This is a terrible movie. I know, but I think... The show, does the show forgot even come out of the room and like it's the same woman? That's how the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. That is how it Okay, ends. I'm on your side, Kelly. No, Thank you. I'm not on his Thank side. you, Micah. I'm on your side because I think that it was... Okay, let me preface this with saying I don't think the story itself was all that great, but the best part about this movie was the chemistry between Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda. Yes. They were awesome together. And let me also say this too, that... Um, it, it was it was funny. She was really really funny in it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the two scenes that really popped out to me was whenever she is uh, trying to, you know, she's watching her target. You know, she's trying to stake her target out, <clears throat> and she's watching him through a mirror. And she's given the dialogue every yes. time a woman comes up to talk to him, and it's just, I mean, the, her the the way that she delivers it is so funny. Uh, oh, I'm, I think I know you. Didn't you have <laughs> Professor So and So? Oh, my mistake. And then. <laughs> It's just great, and you have to watch it. I'm totally butchering it. No. Uh, but then the, the second so time she. is... <laughs> no, she didn't. Oh, Charles, get out of here. The, the second time is when she has Henry Fonda back in her, you know, her stateroom, and uh, she's, like, fondling his hair and <laughs> his face, and he's just in pure ecstasy over it, but she's talking about her perfect man, and she's describing someone that's the polar opposite of him. She's, My perfect man has balding and he's short and he smokes a cigar and so he has this look of like pure ecstasy because of what she's doing with his you know his his scalp and his face but uh he has this pure look of disappointment at the same time (laughs) so her performance alone i think makes a movie in fact i would go on record and say that i think that modern female um comedy actresses if you ask them, they probably would draw a lot of inspiration from that. Like Goldie mm-hmm. Hawn in the 70s and 80s, Jennifer Aniston, or like Kristen Wiig even. Mm-hmm. They, I'm seeing a lot of what she did kind of laid the groundwork for them. Yeah. So. I, man, I really love that point, Micah, because she, she is. She's agreeing she, with you, of course. Well, no, <laughs> that was something that I hadn't even thought of pre- previous to now. You know, the, the there modern. There were two action. scenes out of the whole movie that he enjoyed is what he just told you. <laughs> oh, Okay, well, hold on. Let me also say this then. Let me say this. That if we're talking about best Barbara Stanwyck movies, then I would say, like, for the film in whole, Double Indemnity mm-hmm. would be the best Barbara yeah, Stanwyck movie. I don't understand movie. how you didn't go with that one. Yeah. Mean, it's the... Well, we already, we we already talked about it. Is that the only reason? Like, if yeah, you hadn't talked about it? that's the only reason. I was going to... So this I... is your... But I'm going to I'm gonna actually... I'm going to defend her this choice here. Team. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to jump in and, and defend your choice here because... That is a good film. Edward G. Robinson, Frank McMurray, uh, the script, the characters. <laughs> who, it, who cares? It's Fred, whatever. It's Go Fred. on. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that for old time's sake. <laughs> yeah. 
sure. Me too. Yeah, sure. So the, all of it is, that's a really, really good film. And Barbara Sandwick is really good in it too. I don't think you could remove her from it. Mm-hmm. But if you remove Barbara Sandwick from this movie, it would not work the same. Barbara Sandwick yeah. is what makes this movie. Therefore, that's why I say it is the best Barbara Stanwyck movie. You got me? I, I gotcha. I gotcha. And, and I, I think, hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that's true because she... And this is another point that I really wanted to bring up, not necessarily specific to Lady Eve, but um, in this podcast. She is so... One, one thing I really... I mean, possibly my favorite thing I love about Barbara Stanwyck is that she, no matter whether it's a subpar uh, plot or bad scripting or anything, she's not too good... For anything, you know, she's she always she just I mean she takes whatever she's handed and she makes it work no matter how ludicrous it is. She's not too good at anything. I I smell she... a segue coming on. <laughs> yes. So be that as it may, yes, we will. We can. Uh, I'm sure we're getting close to time here, so we can go to my bad pick, um, which is of course Walk on the Wild Side, um, <clears throat> and. Going off of that 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 uh, previous point, this is like this this movie. She has she 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 carries the entire thing. They Absolutely. threw everything. In... Walk on the wild side. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? No, I mean it's a horrible movie. But no, you said she carries it. That what you said? I'm sorry. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, the movie would be a complete absolute flop. Exactly. Well, no, because I... Uh, sorry, I know you're doing the synopsis, but I was going to say this barely qualifies for a Barbara Stanwyck movie. She's not in it that much. <laughs> well... This is more of a Jane Fonda movie. Mm. I see what you're trying to do, keep it in the Fonda family with this, but... <laughs> trying to keep it in the family. So go ahead and tell us what, what Walk on the Wild Side is. Okay, so Walk on the Wild Side, they've decided to throw every taboo moral gray area into one gigantic movie so what happens is lawrence harvey aka dove linkhorn he is this lovesick guy he's searching for his lost love whom he hasn't seen in three years uh hallie gerard and he doesn't know exactly where she is but he knows she was going to new orleans last time he checked so he's hitchhikes his way to new orleans and along the way he meets jane fonda kitty twist um <laughs> and wasn't the name of the strip club in desperate or uh <laughs> What's the? Oh, I can't think. Dust till dawn. Oh, I I don't know. We'll I look it up. Yeah, Cheech um, Baron, I think, ran it. Yeah, so I, that sounds vaguely familiar. But anyway, so they they team up. They hitchhike their way. Uh, she is attracted to him and makes advances towards him, and he spurns her because he's so in love with this other woman. And so she kind of holds a grudge about that. And they make it to New Orleans, and they they part ways because she tries to. He doesn't agree with like her moral compass it doesn't exactly point due north but um so anyway he comes to find her and find that she is working in this fancy new orleans bordello called uh the dollhouse and she's their star attraction hallie if you're picking up what i'm putting down yes yes hallie and i'm picking it up (laughs) and so at this brothel barbara sandwick is the madam (laughs) <laughs> her name is joe courtney and she is for reasons unknown trapped in a loveless marriage to a man without legs who rolls around on a little cart thing and um yes there is there are strong undercurrents of um you know 
sisterly love, shall we say? Not sisterly love, but Barbara Stanwyck is in love with um, Hallie. Hallie, yeah. And she doesn't, she's brought her there to be her star lady of the evening, but she doesn't, she kind of wants her for herself. And so she really smothers her and keeps her up like in a cage up at the top of this thing. And um, anyway, so that's, that's basically the movie. Dove eventually finds her, but then how to get her away is the question. So, I don't know. Again, I, I I don't know how this qualifies as a Barbara Stanwyck movie. She's barely in it. And when she is in it, did we say what year this takes What year is this movie? 1962. Right. So yes, but it takes place in the 30s. Right. Oh, right. So, it's, so it's, it's several years after the other two movies we just talked about. Mm-hmm. She looks like B. Arthur in this one. And I, don't, <laughs> and I don't mean that to be insulting or she, to anybody, she, but yeah. she just she does. I didn't even recognize her as Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> like, I kept thinking... Because, you know, I watched them all and I kept thinking, okay, when is Barbara Stanwyck going to be in this movie? She's not really <laughs> listed. And it's like, no, that's Jane Fonda. Nope, that's not how, you know, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. But yeah, she's barely in it. Because she's old, she doesn't count? That's not what I said. I'm not Micah <laughs> talking about females. I said that I don't think you qualified as her movie. Oh, you totally How much can. screen time does she have? I don't know. And then she finally shows up and she looks like B. Arthur. It's more <laughs> B. Arthur's movie than it is her movie. It's all I'm going to say. Oh, man. So the I would say the the story itself, the movie itself, is it, it could be a, a on sale for a dollar at a gas station <laughs> romance novel, you know, yes. stand. It, it's really slow. You don't really care about the characters. It's very predictable. I, I totally agree with you that it's a bad movie. I see Charles where Charles where he's coming from that it's not really a Barbara Stanwyck movie. But as far as Barbara Stanwyck's performance in it, she holds up. She holds up better mm-hmm. than and Jane Fonda, which has just got off. Yeah, Jane yeah. Fonda's terrible in it. You mentioned taboo. I mean, in the '60s, like having a lesbian relationship would have been really taboo. Yeah, and exactly. I wonder, like, I I think I saw it on IMDb. They were saying that this might be considered the first like. Portrayal of a lesbian, yeah, as the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's you could imagine that in the '60s would have been crazy, you know. Oh, yeah. And then the whole thing with the brothel, which they didn't really talk much. It was kind of like uh, from here to eternity, where they didn't quite say what it was. Uh-huh, you know, exactly. they were just spending time with the men. But mm-hmm. I, you know, some of that aspects I think they handled well. I do think Barbara Stanwyck was good in it. Mm-hmm. It's just, but you know, her as because it, yeah, you're right. It, this is the first portrayal of a lesbian on film, but. If if I didn't know that going into it, I probably just as the a, a casual viewer wouldn't have guessed it. I mean, she talks really? about being in love, and she has this whole monologue where she talks about you know don't talk to me about not you know wanting to really show my love to somebody. But that's the only time, other than she has like this kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, it was heavily Hallie. implied. It wasn't. An, I, I checked IMDb after yeah. I saw the movie, and it was like okay, you know, she yeah, never really it's... said Hallie, I love you. You know, in a sexual way. Like, <laughs> but but, the, but then again, they never really show, you know, you know, the brothel side of it. Right. They, they just make it look like a club. Exactly. And that's that's another thing that I sort of wonder about is I'm not sure whether they were trying to insinuate that that it was one sided love. Like if it was only Joe who loved Hallie or because Hallie, she was sort of this strange character where you she she spoke very vaguely about everything and so you're not really sure if at the start of their relationship when she was an an artist in new york if they struck something up 
together and that's part of the you know the dirt quote unquote that she's ashamed for dove to know about or if or if the whole thing is just that barbara stanwick loves her and it's unrequited what about that gas station owner that loved him yeah there's there's a whole lot of unrequited love in this movie and which which okay is another thing that bothers me about it which micah i remember we talked about this in the film noir episode like the racial stereotypes like why was ann baxter even why was she portraying her to be hispanic no it's like why don't they just get you know an hispanic actress and or like and her accent was really terrible i i don't know it was just you could i I was thinking actually while i was watching this you could also call this movie everyone loves dove because it was like every woman in the movie he would walk into the room oh dove yes and i mean Lawrence, what's his, uh, Harvey. Lawrence Harvey? He, he's not, you know, he's not that attractive of a dude, you know. He, he but, I mean, he's pretty handsome, but I, I would argue, I would agree with you that he's not like manna from heaven. This and, is this has nothing to do with the movie at all, but this was just a fun piece of trivia that I laughed out loud about. Is that okay? I'm gonna cap capucine, capucine. Yeah, I am not sure how to pronounce Capus, it. Okay, the actress's name she's who plays Pink Hallie, Panther. her name is mm-hmm. Capucine. Yeah, yeah, she's in Pink Panther. That's the only other thing she's really in. Um, she said that she hated love scenes with Lawrence Harvey because she did not think he was quote unquote manly enough. Oh, whoa. He he was pretty, pretty buff if, if nothing else. I mean, mean, he seemed like a fairly manly guy. So I, he just, he was in the Manchurian Candidate. Oh yeah. And, uh, Butterfield 8 as well. Mm -hmm. He kind of played a jerk in all of them. Um, I, I, one thing I did kind of like though, Jane Fonda's, Jane Fonda's acting, as you said, Charles was really, really horrible through like the first seven eighths of this movie, but she was a little bit more compelling in the last 20 minutes, I would say. Yeah, Yeah, she does. I I like what she I was so good. I got so sick of hearing, Dove, Dove. Yes. But then, she redeemed herself, but then they go for this like ultra dramatic, tragic ending, and it's like. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> you know, I was watching it and my favorite parts of the movie, and this is kind of interesting in my head, I don't know what else connected, but the cats at the beginning, the whole symbolism of the cats, uh-huh. and then that tragic ending, and it goes right into the cats walking over the newspaper. And then it's like, I, those were awesome, but they didn't have anything really to do with the movie. Like they were kind of the, when it started out, I thought, okay, gonna be this kind of cool sexy movie and the cats are gonna be they're gonna mean something it's gonna be cool but really it was just i don't know i don't know can i tell you that in complete honesty i was watching it and then i kind of got bored and started cleaning the kitchen while i was still watching it so <laughs> i don't even it just was it was one of those movies i could clean the kitchen and yeah. but, but it's like but the, you know it's like after it ended it was like what did that really just happen because all they did was gloss over with a cat that walked over a newspaper i feel like that that should have been more of the movie, right? You know, yeah, right, yeah, and and, and what did the cats represent? What is, what was the symbolism there? Well, what you think the cats should have been more of the movie? Yeah, well, yes, it would be better if cats had played the parts. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's not what I meant, but yes, <laughs> but but seriously, like, the I wish that the the part with the newspaper clipping instead of just summarizing the movie and like how it ended, like I wish it would have shown more, right, like. I don't feel like it ended in a good spot. I feel like there was probably a good 15 minutes more to show. And they're like, well, we've got to get this cat in here again. So let's have him walk over a newspaper. But yeah. what, do, what do the cats represent? Like, I, I don't know. the walk on the wild side. I get that. But I guess. Just, they were fighting to the death. Cat, cats are kind of feminine. Like mm-hmm. It was like a black cat and a white cat. And they were like fighting to the death. That's got to mean something. Right? 
I guess it was supposed to represent Hallie and Kitty Twist, maybe? Or, or it's Hallie like and the moral Jim. ambiguity, like the black and white. Maybe. I, I don't I'm know. Actually, I mean, I'm thinking of which cat walked over the newspaper. Was it the black one or the white one? <laughs> which one out? I, I, I think it's know. funny that we're talking more about the cats than Barbara Stanwyck. I said it was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. I, well, was, I was straightforward. Well, okay. Reining, reining it in here. Uh, it... <laughs> Charles, I thought you were going to say it's raining men. I don't know. It's, it's, raining men it's here. It's raining dove. Um, but but don't you but don't you feel? I mean, my From my Weather point. Girls. <laughs> my point in like making the segue to this movie when I did was that even though this movie is awful, Barbara Stanwyck, I still I still think she's good in it. You know, like there's no, I haven't ever really seen her in anything. And this is why she's well, one of my favorite. I actually actresses. think she got better as she got older. She was really good in the Golden Girls. Like I just. <laughs> she wasn't oh in the God. Golden Girls. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> Charles. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> hey, so, okay. Let me talk about Barbara Stanwyck real quick because I actually okay, wanted to start do. with this, but uh, I didn't get to. So I read on, I read up on Barbara Stanwyck's life and uh, really briefly, I'm going to kind of hit the bullet points. She was a tough gal. Mm-hmm. Okay, because at nine, and I might be totally getting some of these dates wrong, but at nine, her parents died. She was orphaned. Her sister, who was like five years older than her, took took her in. Her sister became a showgirl, which that's all I could find. I don't know if that meant like showgirl, like she was, <laughs> I don't know which showgirl meant back then. But... He's putting his fingers in quotes for those that can't see, <laughs> which is all of you. Yeah. <laughs> which is... And then at 14, she became a showgirl herself. And then uh, she got on the in the Follies and mm-hmm. started working that scene. And then about 20, 21, she went on Broadway, started working on Broadway. That's where she got her name because um, one of the actresses and a character's name, they meshed together. So it wasn't until about 1929 when she actually jumped into the movies. By 1941, no, 1944, the year that uh, Double Indemnity came mm-hmm. out, she was the highest paid woman in America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not not in Hollywood, not actress. She was the highest paid woman in America. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of teetered out professionally. She didn't really do much after that. She was actually auditioned for the role of Scarlett O'Hara, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. Um, did TV for a while. In 1981 or 82, when she was elderly, somebody broke into her house and beat her up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, uh, what the heck? And she beat him up right back, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Good for her. With her wit. Go, girl. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but anyway, she died in 1990. So. <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... A cat's walking across the newspaper <laughs> in this table. Yeah, she's dead now. <laughs> that's, that's the end. If, if there is a screenwriter out there and you're trying to figure out how do I end this movie, just get a cat walking it across just, the newspaper. Yeah. That always works. With her with her obituary on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta play the theme from Golden Girls. You gotta do that. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you. Okay. In summary, Barbara Sandwick. Barbara Sandwick, I think she set she really set the bar early on for female Hollywood actresses. She did. I to- I totally agree with you. I'm really glad you said that. And I think she also something that I like about her is that she is really beautiful, I think, but she but that's not her her thing, you know, like so many other people like Veronica Lake and 
you know, those old Hollywood glamour starlets, they, they just were famous because they were beautiful. But Barbara Stanwyck was not flashy. She just worked hard and right. she gave everything her best shot. And in fact, several directors said that, you know, she was always prepared when she came on set. She came on screen. She knew everyone's lines, not just her own. Um, and she was just there to work. And she's a classy lady. And I admire She knew everyone's name, too. Yeah. Like on the set, she knew mm-hmm. like the best boy's name, you know? Yeah. She, I mean, that seems like a rarity in Hollywood. Yep. And you've got to admire for it, so... All right. Longest podcast ever. No, come on. Marvel podcast was longer. No, 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 no. Really? If by current counter, we're, oh. we're several minutes past that. Oh, sorry about that, everybody. But yeah. thanks for sticking that was around. the worst apology I've ever heard. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> not sorry. She's dead. <laughs> so, Charles. Anyone depressed out there? <laughs> Charles, can you pick up the mood with your pick? I forgot. We're going to do another podcast soon. Um, okay, yes. A My pick for the next episode will be Modern Westerns. Ooh. Okay. All right. What so, do you mean by that? I mean Westerns, well, both uh, by the year they were released, so probably like late 70s to now. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of the early 60s and 50s and whatever. Okay. And I also mean that the general attitude in the movies is different in a modern Western. Especially with the way they handle race and sex and all that. So, right. Gender, not necessarily sex. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, English is confusing for some people. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, uh, my picks would be in no particular order. Uh, let's see, we got Dances with Wolves. Okay. Okay, general. Wouldn't it be Dances with Wolves? <laughs> How do I say? <laughs> wolves. wolves. Dances with Wolves? <laughs> wolves. Dances with woofs. No, dances no, with dances wolves. with meows. <laughs> dances with You're woofs. Right. I can't say the word. Um, English is tricky, as I said. Uh, it's your second language, though. I know, it's true. Yeah. Um, hello. Uh, Wild Wild West. <laughs> okay. And Texas Rangers. All right. Not the baseball team, the, the movie. Okay, great. Is there anywhere that our listeners can uh, see those movies, Netflix or YouTube? Why, yes, Mike, they are on Netflix. <laughs> two of them are, and the other right. two, you'll have, the other one you'll have to borrow from me. <laughs> <laughs> so. So come to Charles's house, 123 Fake Street. That's right. <laughs> you shouldn't be giving him my actual address, Michael. That's not very nice. If they only knew that this is the longest podcast ever. Yeah, we should give him something for sticking around. That's right. <laughs> but uh, be sure to check us out uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, also it's just awesome.com where we've got some great reviews. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kelly just uh, put up a review this week in honor yes. of Kath- Catherine Hepburn. Yes. Yes, I did. The best thing about that, and it wasn't really a review, it was almost like an homage to her, mm-hmm. uh, but the best thing about that was what she said to um, Barbara Walters. Yes. Do you wear, do you own a skirt? Yes, and I'll wear one to your funeral. Yeah. Love it. Man. I know. Those Sassy. Ladies, those ladies. Um, Charles, you got anything you want to plug? No. We're good. <laughs> you just want to get this over. I kind of do. <laughs> not that um, I don't enjoy it. I'm just like, eh, not wearing a watch, but I'm looking at my wrist anyway. Kind well, of guys, thing. thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.